Well, it's always good to be here. And uh, gee, I think I was here like two months ago. And I think I was preaching a psalm too. And so um, another psalm, and this is going to be, and I'm going to be one more time in December, okay? And I always like to update what's happening in my life. And you say, what's happened in two, two months? A lot of things have happened. Again, like every, every I've, been, I've been here, I think, like 15, 12, 15 years running, you know? Uh, sometimes I update you on my weight gain or gait, weight loss. And uh, since the last time, I've decided that I needed to lower my blood pressure because it was like in the 130s and 90s and stuff like that. So I decided I would do the insane thing as someone who's elderly, okay, and I would doing a sprint intervals, like I'm a track star in preparation for the Olympics, you know? So I'd run like one minute until I'm heaving. <sighs> Rests until my heart goes down, and then run until I'm heaving. <sighs> and then stop, and I do it eight times. And in six weeks, my blood pressure is down in the teens, 110s, 110s, and my blood pressure is under 80s. It's, it's incredible, you know? Now, I almost died every time I did it, you know? So it's one of these, like, you know, the precipice of dying and getting your blood pressure, you know? It's a good thing, you know? Well, this past week, I always had some car problems. I have, uh, my wife and I have, uh, she drives a car, I drive a car. Those two cars have close to 300,000 miles combined on them. Tells you how the, the vintage, you know, we like old stuff, you know, matches the drivers, you know. And uh, her car had a, had, a, had, a, had a leak in the power steering fluid all over the place on the, on the driveway and all this, you know. And my car had this slow leak in the tire where you put it, you pump it up, and then a week later, didn't I put it up with air? It's like the most frustrating thing, you know? But you know what? Those things are in our control. You bring it to the garage, and you know, I, I patched up the tire again. I put the tire in water and see the bubbles, old school way of, 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 of diagnosis, you know? And, you know, save myself whatever $20 in, in, in plugging a tire, you know? You get the kit for $4.99 at whatever, you know, uh, you know, AutoZone or something like that, you know? Those things are in your control. Those things happen, but they're in your control. What has occurred this week are things that, as Pastor Terry shared, what happens when things spin out of control? Take, for instance, this week, and it was just a few days ago, I talked to a couple whose son, young son, a young man, um, got himself in a bind in that uh, through an app called Tinder, he met a, 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 a girl for a hookup. And she got pregnant, and it was just a hookup. He don't, he don't love the girl. And uh, she gave birth. He doesn't want anything to do. It was just a hookup, man. I don't want anything to do with it. On top of that, he has seizures and he's taking some pretty harsh drugs as well. So I was talking to this couple on the phone. And they're telling me they don't really know what to do. He made a bad mistake on Tinder. Okay? And he's hanging around certain people that is not a good influence. So what do, what do you do? It, it, the bottom's dropping out. It's not like a, a, a patch and a tire, you know? Bring it to, you know, your, 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 your auto dealership, you know, your tire place, and, you know, oh, for $20, you know, we can fix you, you know? And it's as good as new, you know? Or we just replace that power steering high pressure hose for you. No, 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 no. This type of thing is going to have ramifications for the rest of his life. Okay. 
And I was talking to my wife, is this person who we know is spinning out of control? Out of control. So what do you do? Where is God if you're a parent? It might be your children. It might be yourself. Maybe not to this degree, but something you have done, spun out of control. As Pastor Terry said, sometimes we don't live perfect lives, you see? So where is God? What do we do? The second thing that is out of control is this world. It's society. Earlier this week, it was uh, probably a week, a week and a half ago, or two weeks, it was Charlottesville. And that's a terrible mess. Then this weekend in the great city of San Francisco, the, uh, 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 the planning of a patriot's prayer and then the demonstrations and counter demonstrations and the whole thing about the police and everything. And then they backed out of the patriot's prayer and it caused a lot of havoc around Chrissy Field and around the Civic Center and there's marches around uh, Mission Street and it's all around the United States now. I'll tell you like that, it's all around the United States. As you know, I don't know if you know, I'm from New York City. And I'm always interested in news in New York City. And so I, I go to my favorite news source, the New York Post and the New York Daily News, which is the, the you know, the, 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 this is for the common people. I do not forget the New York Times. You know, I'm looking for the low-grade news, you know. Uh, just one, one cut above National Enquirer, you know, these, 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 these papers, okay? But that was what I grew up with, running the subways, okay? People picketing, wanting to tear down the statue of Christopher Columbus in New York City. I said, wow, that's, that's interesting, you know? And then, I don't know, uh, if you follow sports, I'm a big sports fan, CNN uh, pulled a reporter from a, a southern uh, a, a sporting college event whose name was Robert Lee because of the connection with Robert E. Lee. The only problem is this Robert Lee is Chinese. Uh, <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I know it's a very uncommon name, but I've had a dollar for every Bob Lee I knew in this world, I'd have $10, okay? It's very good, it's like, this world is like, it's so politically correct now, you have to really, it's like, what's, what's, what's going on here? What's going on? You can't even have a name. What, you know, what, you know, association, it's not even, you're not even your race, you know, you weren't even a slave owner, you wouldn't even fight the Civil War, you're, you're, you're a descendant of a laundry person, you know, and then a railroad worker, you know, and you were part of the oppressed, but you got the name, you know? So yanking you off coverage. It's getting very bad. So what I'm going to do for the next 25 minutes is speak to you as a pastor. And Pastor Terry said, I was, I'm a professor. Uh, 13 years I've been a professor, but before that I was 25 years as a pastor. I'm going to speak to you as a pastor on a very, very interesting psalm. This Psalm 110 that is in your program, I've got to just tell you, is the most referred to <coughs> Old Testament passage in the New Testament. What does that mean? That means when the New Testament writers wanted to capture a prophetic thought of what this Messiah would be, this deliverer would be, 18 times they came back to Psalm 110 because there is no other Psalm that captures the essence of what Jesus Christ is and is doing and has done for us. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a simple proclamation sermon. I'm going to read and I'm just going to tell you the point and then we're going to apply into the two very difficult situations. Follow as I read. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. 
the Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. Now, very interesting. The first point that's going to show up on your screen is that this describes Jesus, that Jesus is Lord. He's at the right hand of God. Now, what does that mean? He is in the place of bringing forth, executing, not in putting someone's life, but, but in, in bringing something to pass, the purpose of God, at the right, the right-hand man. But he's the right-hand man of God, and he's the son of God. So if there's anyone who can bring forth the plan of God, it is Jesus. But the psalm continues. Verse 3, your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power in holy array. From the womb of the dawn, your, do, your youth are to you as the dew. Verse 4, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, we're not going to talk about what Melchizedek did. Just got to understand that he, Melchizedek is this very old priesthood line that is found in the book of Genesis, okay? And what it is, is the psalmist emphasizes that this choosing of Jesus from this line is a decision that, Jesus, that God the Father has made and he will not change his mind. This is it. This is the finality of it because Jesus is the perfect uh, priest and intercessor for us. See, now priests have a, like a bad, you know, priest is a bad word now, you know? You say, what do you do? Oh, I'm a, I'm a priest. Oh, so what is, what? Yeah, no, no, okay. You have to understand that this is what the term has become. But in the Old Testament, what, the, what this person did was he was the go-between to make things right between you and God. This is what Jesus is. And the second uh, thing will come up on the slide. Not only is Jesus Lord, Jesus is, uh, and it'll come up in a second, is ministering. <coughs> I refrain to use the word priest because of the bad connotation. He's ministering. He's ministering for us at this time, okay? Because that is the second element within this passage that the psalmist wants us to know and the New Testament writers want us to capture. The final element of who Jesus is or what he is doing is found in verses 5, 6, and 7. The Lord is at your right hand, and so he's going to bring forth the plan of God, being the right-hand man of God. He will shatter kings in the day of his wrath. And then, you know, people like, they're like taken back by this. He will judge among the nations, and he will fill them with corpses. He will shatter the chief men over a broad country. He will drink from the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he will lift his head. And the third and final aspect of Jesus is that he will be judge. And again, we don't like to talk about this aspect of Jesus because, well, most of us like the loving aspect, and he is because he is ministering for our sake, and he will die on the cross. So anything that you, you feel uncomfortable has to be sort of balanced with uh, the love that God has for us. I take a very different perspective on judgment. Because I feel in this world, there is imperfect judgment in this world. And I feel in this world that they're getting to the point where nothing's getting done anymore in Washington, D.C. And people, like, it's so, it's, so, it's so incredibly confusing and in turmoil that it's almost instead of correct judgment, it's like, what will people think? 
<laughs> that's not a judgment. That's what, what old people think to get elected for the next uh, semester. It's, it's all playing for the mid-year elections. It's very interesting. And so this concept of judgment, who's going to, 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 to stop the turmoil with, with North Korea, you know? Well, if we put sanctions, maybe, who's going to stop the terrorism? Like what happened in Barcelona, 15 people died, another, uh, a, a big car slammed into a marketplace in Barcelona, Spain, over 100 people were injured. Who's going who's who's to stop that? Who's going to unify and bring peace in America? It's getting very sectarian now, you know? To this, we need to apply this psalm to these situations. What happens when your life spins out of control? What happens when we're living in this world and it's sort of like, man, it's easy to set off people. You know, easy. First, the personal situation. I told you about the situation I I had uh, this week of someone that I know. And I talked to the parents. And I told you he, he, he's now a, a, a father of a child he does not want, does not want to see. But he's going to have to pay out for paternity. I also told you he's on drugs, too. But he has a job. He suffers seizures as a result of his job. So he, he has difficulty driving. He'll just sort of like, uh, you know, go into convulsions. Also. His parents can't tell him anything because he don't want to hear. Okay? Also, if you checked a box in terms of religion, he would, have che- he would check Christian because he was raised in a church. There you got all the great qualities that makes America great. A sexuality that is, you know, I can meet anyone on Tinder. Drugs. Whatever I do to my body is my, is my concern, you know. You can't tell me anything because it's my life and my freedom. You know. And, yeah. I guess I'm a Christian. That's this young man. And he's prototypical of many people in this country today. You might have children, there are people older like this. You might be younger, you might have shades of this. What happens when you make bad decisions? And I gotta tell you, we all make bad decisions. Sometimes you can correct them quickly. Sometimes you gotta live with them for 20 years. Sometimes they will affect your health in one sense, do you have control over the situation because your life has spun out of control or spinning out of control? Now, in order to understand this, we have to take these three aspects of Christ as judge, as ministering, and as Lord in account to applying as I speak to you as a pastor. And the first uh, thing that will come up in the next series of slides, what to do is is responsibility. At the beginning of how you get yourself out and allow Christ to help you, 
you have to take responsibility, not necessarily in doing what is right, that is putting the, 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 the carriage before the horse at this time, but responsibility in what you did wrong. I'll tell you about this young man. He does not blame himself. He blames the girl. And I'm saying, I think in the sex act, I think it takes two, you know? I know, call me naive, you know? Uh, old fashioned, you know? I think it takes two, you know? But he accepts no blame. You know, this is very, very important at the heart of our faith and the heart of just being a good person. No one likes a defensive person when you're always wrong. And God certainly doesn't like it. To accept your part of the responsibility. Half. Okay? But what's happening is in this generation and people, we tend to have a default mode of denial. It is always the other person's fault and don't tell me because you have no right to tell me. I was telling this couple that perhaps I will have the opportunity one day to speak to this individual face to face. And I basically told him what I would say to him. And this is the beginning of it. Stop hiding. And this doesn't correct anything. Doesn't change anything. He's the father of a unwanted baby girl. He still has seizures. He's still taking some hard drugs. But without this, you can never get better, I tell you that. You're just gonna spin out, man. And you're gonna make another problem, and when you make another mistake, you're gonna blame that person again. Two, forgiveness. See, what makes Christianity distinct is that we don't have a faith that is based upon obedience to make ourselves right with God. It is based upon a loving grace, a mercy that God gives to us, and that in this passage, Jesus is, is always ministering on our behalf, okay? To understand that there is a forgiveness, because as a believer or someone you may thinking about becoming a believer or following Christ, this is at the heart of our, our faith here. To make things right with God by being honest with just who you are. I need help here. I told this couple until he comes to that point, I, could, I can't help him, really. A lawyer can just help him, legal, okay, what's, what's, what's the calculation of child support and things like that? How do you write up things, you know, legal? But I can't really help him transform. And that's why we're here. Because we want a deeper transformation. The final point is transformation. And it's tied in with that first point that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He is the one who will bring forth the purpose in the midst of turmoil, the purpose of God. 
And this is it, how it, how it affects personally each and every one of us. If, if life is spinning out of control, you do these steps, and it's about honesty to self, honesty to God, forgiveness, and you walk and begin to walk in God because you see that our faith is not a box just to check that you're a Christian. What kind of faith is that? That's religion. But a Christianity where it's more than a check in the box that I went to church when I was a kid to actually I believe in this Christ to live in his ways. I will tell you. I said there's something about Christianity Christianity does not pretend that we're perfect. Christianity is not a magic wand to make your, your, your unwanted daughter disappear, to make your seizures go away so you get your driver's license back. But what Christianity do because of Christ and that he reigns on high is he can take your mess and our mess and exchange it and make it Better, so we see the grace of God and we see the beauty even though our life at a moment is out of control. That's a tremendous beauty of Christ in our lives. And some of us need that right now because all we do is we check the box that we're Christian. But our faith and our life and our values, it's the faith is not in there, you know? It's not there. You may pray for me as I get opportunity to speak to this young man. I was speaking to my wife about him. He needs to, uh, he needs a game changer of this psalm in his personal life. And the reason why I know this person so dearly is he's blood. He's blood. But some of us, our problems are not quite, and we can juggle things around. But we are under a different type of dark curtain in society. What's happening in San Francisco, this, uh, yesterday and, and, and this weekend and what's happening in this world. It's almost as if you, what, if you say your position about anything, you're going to offend half the people that you meet. <laughs> I just tell you, it's, it's, it's like that. So it, Robert, Bob Lee, oh, well, sorry, we've got to fire you, you know. It's like, why do I, uh, Bob Lee, Chinese, you know, Chinese, you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't eat grits, I eat rice, you know. I mean, it's, don't, don't fire me, don't fire me, boss man, you know, don't fire me. Uh, 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 the, the uh, Southern Poverty Center for Law, God bless the organization, they've done a lot of good, has also labeled certain Christian groups uh, hate groups for their positions on sexuality. At some point you say whatever you want and it's like, if you don't, it's like, it's like so, I, like, I talk to my relatives, people in my family about things happening. You can almost not talk about what's happening in this world and, 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 and government in the United States. And um, it's very hairy. 
sometimes. And so I'm going to give you three principles. And they're sort of general principles, and you have to work them out as a church, as an individual. The first principle is this. To discern in your mind what is true in the midst of the turmoil surrounds you. It's not a personal, it's a societal thing. Discern. Because I'll tell you something. In all the sectarian, I cannot agree with down the line of any party line. I just got to tell you, but in modern society, you have to choose party line. I don't, I have support and I have problems with each party line, okay? I just want to tell you that. Take for instance, immigration. Last time I look in the mirror, I'm Chinese, you know? And um, I got to tell you, my great-grandfather came to build railroads for early, late 1800s. He's basically your grunt day laborer leaving poverty in China to come. So I have immigration and I have blue-collar immigration background. So I tend to be gracious on immigration because of who I am, my heritage, you know? I mean, what do you, what do you, you know, look in the mirror, you know, look in your family heritage, you know? I, I, my, my, my family didn't come over on the Mayflower, okay? They're not southern plantation owners, okay? They were, they were laundrymen, they were, they were, they were railroad builders. They, my, my, my mother was a seamstress for 40 years with sewing, fact, sew, sewing clothes, you know? That's my background. So I, I tend to be very gracious to immigration. So I hear something, well, we just want people who speak English and who have money. Okay? I just, want, I just want to tell you, it doesn't sit with my background. Okay? It doesn't sit with my background. I'll tell you something that might be very, very controversial. I'm pro-life. I'm not a picketing pro-life person but I'm a pro-life person. And one party says, if you're pro-life, you cannot be in our party. And I got a problem with that, man. I got a problem with immigration. You have to discern, and here's the thing, not to be fooled by a party line and just be sectarian and down the line, you check every box, because then, you know what? You don't understand that there's a higher level of authority and a higher level of morality that God has, and that's why he's judge. That cuts both lines, that has positive aspects in all the positions, but is not accurately represented by either position. Second, to be wise in your association. We are in a YouTube world Someone's got to have a cell phone and someone's going to put you in and someone's going to get a sound bite of what you said. And some of the associations, and I got to tell you, I was reading about Joey Gibson and the Patriots prayer last night. You wouldn't have got me there. Even though he's a conservative Christian blogger from Vancouver, Washington, I'm not going to be there. It's a very unwise thing because you're in association with elements that don't really represent that 
which is good. I'm not going to do that. Because if I want people to dislike me, I want to be like, like everybody else, okay? I want them to dislike me because of Christ, not because of my political position. And you have to be very, very wise these days. As a matter of fact, I try to tell people, I don't, you don't even know who, what I vote. But I do vote. But I'm not going to tell you because I'm going to offend half the group. Okay? But in my mind, I will tell you position, position, what my view is because I'm clear in my mind, but I'm wise in my association. The final peace and turmoil. Christ is at the right hand of the Father executing the plan of God, bringing forth in the God, and he's doing it in the midst of his enemies, so it's an imperfect situation. Look, I don't know what's gonna happen with North Korea. Will China put enough pressure, the sanctions put enough pressure that you know, they, don't, they don't send an atomic missile our way in Guam, you know? I don't know what's gonna happen with ISIS. I'm, I got a trip to New York City in December to see my mother who's 92. Okay, I fly to a few cities. I fly to Portland a lot. I don't think there's gonna be a terror attack in Portland, okay? Just wanna tell you that, okay? It's a nice city, but I don't think it's a big. New York, oh man. If there's gonna be a terrorist attack, it's gonna be New York City, okay? And every time we go, we always head to Times Square because that's like the big, uh, big place, you know? When I grew up, it was seedy. Now Times Square is like the real happening place. I've never seen so many tactical policemen surrounding uh, Times Square. And you go up and go there. So I could be like scared to death. I don't want to go to New York City. Look, there's a confidence in that you live your life because ultimately God's purpose, he overrides and oversees me. And the things of this world that are out of your control He's at the right hand of God and he will execute the plan of God and that which is I am, I am, I have, that is what I have my hope in. It's a very strange thing. I'm concerned about this world, but I also have a peace about me in terms of who Christ is and what he is doing in overseeing the mess that human beings are causing because you cannot blame God for this. It is what human beings are causing. So I hope you are at peace in the midst of this. Be discerning, be wise, but be at peace, for our Lord reigns. It's a game changer, because a peace in the midst of a society that is in disarray is indeed a gracious, miraculous act of God. Now, where are you today? I'm going to come to a prayer. Some of you need to apply the personal aspect of this message. And I don't want to go over it again. I think you heard and I've spoken quite clearly the things we can do. Some of you need a peace greater in society. Allow me now, as we end in prayer, to ask God to minister to you. After the prayer, we will have a final song and the receiving of the offering. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I pray for these, my friends, at Cornerstone Church. 
wherever we are, if the bottom has fallen out in our lives because we made bad decisions. Allow us, through you and honesty of ourselves and before you, the ability to change that and to make it good. To change a mistake into something good, even though the mistake may not disappear. Some of us need that. And wherever we are along the way, we know that Christ is there to help us, to forgive us, to help bring forth that change. For others, we live in a great city, but our nation and our country is in disarray. Allow us in Christ to have a peace that transcends all understanding, that is not foolish, that is not blind, but we find our hope and peace in you. For we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.